Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. I thank God that we're able to be together in prayer this morning. Today is Wednesday, and this is now the season after Pentecost. Today we continue our reading in 2 Corinthians, uh, picking up our reading at chapter 9. Please feel free to share any questions, insights, or, or any way in which this word is working on you, changing you, uh, stimulating some kind of questions or, or anything, uh, any thoughts that you might have around our reading uh, through Second Corinthians. Uh, you can drop me an email at pastorjim2006 at icloud.com. And now we begin our time of prayer together in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. You have been born anew through the abiding word of God. A reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. When it comes to the service you are doing for God's people, you see, I don't need to write to you. For I know your eagerness, and indeed I boasted about it to the Macedonians, saying that, Achaia has already, since last year, been ready. Your enthusiasm has stimulated most of them into action. I have sent the brothers so that our boasting about you in this respect may turn out to be true, so that you may be ready, just as I said you were. Otherwise, imagine what it would be like if people from Macedonia came with me and found you weren't ready. That would bring shame on us in this business, not to say on you, So I thought it necessary to exhort the brothers that they should go on to you in advance and get everything about your gracious gift in order ahead of time. You've already promised it, after all. Then it really will appear as a gift of grace, not something that has to be extorted from you. This is what I mean. Someone who sows sparingly will reap sparingly as well. Someone who sows generously will reap generously. Everyone should do as they have determined in their heart not in a gloomy spirit or simply because they have to, since God loves a cheerful giver. And God is well able to lavish all his grace upon you so that in every matter and in every way you will have enough of everything and maybe lavish in all your good works, just as the Bible says. They spread their favors wide. They gave to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. 
The one who supplies seed to be sown and bread to eat will supply and increase your seed and multiply the yield of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way in all single-hearted goodness, which is working through us to produce thanksgiving to God. The service of this ministry will not only supply what God's people so badly need, but it will also overflow with many thanksgivings to God. Through meeting this test of this service, you will glorify God in two ways. First, because of your confession of faith in the Messiah's gospel has brought you into the proper order, and second, because you have entered into genuine and sincere partnership with them and with everyone. What's more, they will then pray for you and long for you because of the surpassing grace of God that has been given to you. Thanks be to God for this gift, the gift we can never fully describe. The word of the Lord. God loves a cheerful giver. I think we've heard that a lot. It's interesting, though, that Paul uses that particular quote as a way of encouraging the Corinthians to find a kind of sweet spot in their giving, the place where they feel genuine excitement and joy to be part of something, a place that's short of feeling like they're being held up or coerced into pain, a place where that gift is not only uh, the, the intention of their mind, but actually the actions of their hand. Uh, but also something that he's not sitting there saying now is the time to give, but is given in advance freely as a gift that will be greeting Paul when he finally does arrive in Corinth. In that, then, the amount that we give is, is voluntary, and it's a matter of conscience in accordance with the grace of God and the faith that we've been given. That we give something is expected, especially that we, when we promise and pledge that that gift should be there. But how much we give is a matter of putting our faith into practice. Notice how Paul, in this appeal, moves effortlessly between faith and confidence in God's grace, and also also in their eagerness in bearing witness to the gospel through this project, and also their own testimony of God's Spirit dwelling richly within them. The gift they are contributing to is more than just aid to afflicted or poor Christians, but it is a sign that Jesus' death and resurrection has made one body out of what had been separated before. Jew and Gentile are now one, sisters and brothers in Christ, one congregation within this world in Christ. The Corinthians bear witness in the Spirit to God's grace. So do the Macedonians. They will all reach out in love to their Jewish siblings, and in return, Paul hopes, the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem and Judea will give thanks at last for the partnership and fellowship and the miracle that they now share with Gentile Christians in Achaia and Macedonia, something which years before would have seemed impossible, a fellowship and a partnership within this, spread across such a wild place, but as if they are sitting at one table together, eating, dining, sisters and brothers in Christ. So in that way, this gift they're contributing to is not charity, it is fellowship. It is what family does for family. That motivation and desire to be generous with the gifts that God has given us is often overlooked. It is the desire to not only be part of the new creation in Christ, but to be named in the glory of Christ when he returns, and to be numbered among those who saw the glory of Christ shining through us, through our love and our generosity, so that they then turned and thanked God for God's grace that was working out 
in us and in our ministry. Grace is not just God's generosity for us, saving us from sin and death. It is also God's generosity working through us to bring others into the glory and fellowship of God in Christ. And it begins with the faith and confidence that God has already given us all that we need, first in Christ, but also that our Heavenly Father simply gives us each day our daily bread. I wonder if we spent some time today noticing how we have enough, or rather to notice how much more than enough we have. We might even want to use some form of of an ancient prayer that, that goes something like this in its pattern. Oh Lord, it would have been enough that you, and then go ahead and name God's blessing. It would have been enough that you gave us bread to eat today, but you have given us so much more. Uh, Meat and vegetables and fish and sweets and all the good things of life. And it is in finding out what is really and truly sufficient for our life that we also find the grace that God has endowed within us for an incredible capacity to give to give and bear witness to the glory of God by providing for others and reaching out in that love in Jesus' name. Amen. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for this resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially this morning, we thank you for the abundant and lavish uh, generosity that you pour out on us. First of all, that you call us your children. And second, that you have given us enough for this day and enough to give away. And in that, we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, the new creation in Christ for all these gifts of healing and forgiveness that you have entrusted to us and that you have worked out for our benefit. We thank you for the gift of relationships with others that sustains us in in dark times and brings us joy and happy times. And we thank you for the relationships and the communion of faith in your church not only here in our town and in our region, but also a communion of faith that reaches around the world. For what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world, heal the hurts of all of your children, and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. 
especially we pray for those who suffer, for those who are afflicted, for those who are mourning and in grief. We pray for those who govern the nations of the world, for people in countries ravaged by strife and warfare, for all who work to bring peace and international harmony, for those who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction, for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land. For who else or for what else do we pray today? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin, nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage, hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the afflicted, honor all people, love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.